get yourself together before we go through this light, Chris. There's a cop up there. Are we recording? Oh, Chris. I'm sure he's on to you. I am sure he's on to you. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Car Cast. This is Jared Truby, <laughs> and I'm with Chris Baca and Sarah Reynolds. Hi. What up, guys? We're uh, on the way to the Barista Film, uh, presented by our boy Rock Beige, beige, beige Nuts. nuts. <laughs> Be- beige Nuts. Beige Yeah. I love you, Rock. I can't pronounce your name. Uh, and Jimmy Wynn. We're going to go meet up with them. We're going to do a Q&A. We're really excited about it. We figured we're driving. We might as well talk on our our little microphone here. So, uh, Chris, what do you have to say? Let's talk about something. Uh, thanks, Jer. <laughs> we got the one mic provided by the lovely Patrick Melroy of the Polestring Press fame. Thank you for letting us borrow the microphone. Would have liked to have two, but, you know, what the fuck do I know? Who knows? Uh, yeah, we're going to the barista premiere. We're kind of stuck in traffic, but we're on the 126, so I don't know what's going on. I'm pretty stoked to see the movie, though. <laughs> I have only seen the trailer. 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 Dude, we're getting blasted by the sun right now. We've moved back. Everything is all right. Everything is great when you're part of the team. <laughs> Hey guys, hello and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. We are taking this show on the road. I'm Chris Baca here with Jared Truby, Sarah Reynolds in the back seat. Peace out. And we are on our way to the Pasadena showing of the film Barista by Rock Bejnoth and Jimmy Wynn, respectively, former guests in the studio. And we thought we'd fire this thing up and do like a quick little video Q&A, maybe. So uh, Jared's got a question. Let's see what you got, Jared. I've got a lot of stuff, Chris. Thanks for passing it over. All right, here's the thing we got from our friend Chris Dodson. I know you, you know me. Two questions slash conversations. Mm, talk to me about latte art. Are you guys hip to baristas spending extra time pouring ridiculous designs in your cup? Or are y'all more about the banging drinks out, quote unquote? I'm all for latte art. I just think, la- think. I just think latte art is being put on kind of a pedestal. Should we just start with that question? Well, Chris, give me your thoughts first. Let me warm up my brain. Okay. I got so much to say. Um, yeah, I have a lot. I've been thinking about latte art a lot, actually. Also, if anybody's watching this at home, don't fucking drive and talk with a microphone. It's a horrible idea. <laughs> it's basically the worst thing you could do. I, uh, um, I don't like the really techie designs anyway. I think they're ugly. Like when you see people pouring like swans and some of the combination pours look kind of okay and I goof around with them sometimes. But I honestly think nothing really looks as good as just like a straight up beautiful Rosetta or a nice tulip or a good heart. So in that sense, yeah, I hate all that stuff. And then I'm also on this other tip to where Nick Cho tweeted about this and I was like, yes, I actually hate contrast right now. People are stressing out, like getting that perfect uh, crema ring around the top of their cappuccino or latte or whatever, you know, where it's like straight dark to straight light. And I, I get it. It looks whatever. I actually like a lot of color infusion. So the pores that I do that I think are the best don't have like a really stark contrast. They kind of have like cream to the end of the cup and then kind of fade into a white. Oh, we're getting blasted by the sun again. You guys will have to excuse this on the video. I'm an angel. I come down to save you all from horrible latte art. Um, 
Yeah, color infusion is the kicker. That's why I can't go to a latte art contest. They're like, is the contrast tight? And I'm like, no, it's fucking ridiculous, dude. It's super dumb. So, But I do think, you know, I wouldn't say ignore latte art and just bang drinks out. I think you should be making drinks really fast, but still make them really beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, if you got a Rosetta, you got to have, like, a nice Rosetta. Whoa! Lefty first gear. We drive a Manuel. Manuel, Manuel automobile. Um, yeah, you got anything about that? Well, uh, I do like contrast, but uh, I do think that people spend a lot of time on latte art when I think that things are far more important than latte art. Like, I get, and I know Chris gets and Sarah gets also. Whoa, and the sun back there. You're bright. Uh, that latte art is like the first signifier to that person who doesn't understand coffee and, and third wave coffee. Like it's the first thing they're going to be like, okay, this is the place I'm going to go to. So in that, in that regard, it's important, oh, for sure. but like spending hours upon hours in the cafe or like throwing away drinks that aren't like the triple Rosetta is probably not as cool as just nailing a, a Rosetta or a heart or like a tulip sunshine. sunshine. It's a beautiful thing. However, I do also like the idea of progressing latte art and unless those people, you know, try different things, you know, like the dark heart or whatever, the empty heart. Yeah. I love that thing. It's really, really hard and it's going to take me a lot of practice to, to nail that. And I think that there's value in that and in doing something different. But, uh, I think I'm less into like, I poured six rosettas and two hearts and a little swan on the side, you know, see those crazy pours that are like, those don't, those don't, I don't know. I don't even get it. It seems like a waste. But, you know, maybe just if you're going to draw that stuff, try a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, I think those things are cool to know how to do, but they're definitely not the best looking designs. True. Like for me, I mean, like the best swan is going to look way crappier than the best Rosetta. Yeah, always. And I'm also in this thing where I like thicker milk right now. Like I'm people are getting this pinner ass stupid milk and like. You know, nobody likes it, dude. They want a little oh. foam. Get pull it, pull a little air into that thing. Stretch it out. You know. If you can. If you can, you know how to stretch and roll, baby. Stop, drop, roll, and stretch. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Not like that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know. I, it's fun to try all those new pours. I want to be able to know how to do everything, but use it when it's appropriate. Does that even make sense? I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Sarah. Sarah. Pass the mic to the back. What do you think, Sarah? I think that there's a time and a place for everything. And do I think that everyone should be pouring the most perfect latte art in every drink that you serve? Absolutely not. Because that would take forever. Um, do I think a drink should look nice because it's part of what you pay for? Absolutely. I'm a huge heart proponent because I think that hearts will look the best without having to take that much time. If you make like a really nice symmetrical heart with a little bit of like layering in there, those are like the most compliments I get on drinks. It's just like the traditional heart that's almost like a monk's head. Uh, but I, I do lean more towards like what Chris is saying. I don't think that like the most elaborate things are the coolest things to look at. I like the more traditional type of latte art. Um, and I think that like practicing and inno innovating in, in the latte art stuff keeps work interesting for most baristas. If you like 
pour latte art every day like the dark heart I think is interesting because it's kind of like something new to try but I don't think that like spending hours and hours on latte art is going to make you somehow like elevated above baristas who know how to make really good coffee and like serve it consistently well every single day I don't think that we should pump drinks out but I definitely don't think that you should spend an obscene amount of time like making something I don't know I just have never looked at something and thought oh that elevated my drink to another level other than that oh it was nice to look at and then now I'm going to drink it that's pretty much what I would say about it I'd say that's legit flavor rules all Hey, guys, don't pass on the right. There's a freaking fast lane right over there. Pass over there. <laughs> All right. You got me riled up, Chris. Sorry. You can tell by the tone of my voice I was riled up. Uh, number two, if you could only have one brew method for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh. Question mark. Espresso? He's just throwing out some options, Chris. Kalita? Chemex? Etc. Imagine life without espresso or a pour-over. Can you imagine your East Coast barista, OG, Chris Dodson? I'm going to just take this one off the bat and probably steal Chris's answer so I can feel cool. I would pick espresso for one million because with an espresso machine and being potentially a creative barista with the ability to problem solve, you're going to be able to use that espresso machine to make yourself a myriad of different flavors with just one espresso machine and coffee. You could do an Americano. You could uh, do just like an espresso. You could do a long black. <laughs> Is that what they call them? <laughs> you could do uh, a... You got, you know, you got popcorn shrimp, gumbo shrimp. You're going down this road. I'm basically that guy. And uh, just got so many ideas about how to utilize an espresso machine to our advantage that that's what I would do. Thanks for asking, Chris. I'm going to pass this one over to my dog, Chris. Yeah. Oh, sick cars everywhere. Um, <laughs> oh, ooh, Navy SEALs. Uh, espresso, for sure, espresso. There's no way. I, I could live without a pour over forever. It's whatever. But if you take away my espresso, I might go down a real bad path. Um, you know what I'm saying? You get pretty messed up. And if it if I could only drink like one, like utilize it in one way, like taking this question to the next next, it would probably have to be some kind of like well done blend. Oh yeah. Like if it was only one, like like if I couldn't do what Jared wanted to do, like make the americano and like make the lungo and make the ristretto, if it was just one thing, it'd probably be like a, I don't know what it'd be, it'd be Th- three bean blend three maybe. Bean. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pulled at a respectable ratio, not like a full blowout, but not like a super ristretto either. You know, maybe like a normal. Espresso normal. I win. win. (laughs) Um, If any of you people don't know who Sarah is either, she manages the French Press State Street location. You can find her there on the espresso machine. And in the club. And in the club. Bottle full of bub. She's got what you need. Do we have another question? What's next? <laughs> Should have planned ahead. Should have planned ahead. We might be cutting an edit right here. Mark two. Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Oh, I got the We're digging in the emails. 
We need like a more mellow, a uh, more mellow question. Okay. Virtual high five. Okay, virtual. Uh, I'm passing back. I mean, this could, this might need to get edited. Here we go. We'll see. Um. Okay. 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 Oh. So, this guy <laughs> is our friend Ben from One Thousand Faces. And they carried some of Luis Pedro's coffee, Finca Candelaria. And he found out that we were going on baristas to Antigua. And he wants to know how he could get involved. And so, I don't know, is the answer. <laughs> Chris? <laughs> we, uh, we just emailed him. Yeah, we, uh, we can send you his email. We'll send it back to you. And we got it from a third party. So we just kind of went rogue on it. Dude. Yeah, we will hook you up. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I, don't I, know. I just remembered. Go go into your um, email. Search for Mike Markward. M Mike wrote us a question. Mike Markward. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I will. Here we go. Because oh, that guy's tight. Yeah, Mike, we're digging up your question. Sorry, I'm like pinned to the road. Just driving. Just driving. <laughs> driving this Mini Cooper here. Yes. It's turbocharged. Right. It's not yeah, a big really? deal. Yeah, uh, pass it off. Oh, Mike, I miss you so much. Oh, I miss you much. He uh, he said a lot of nice things about the podcast. Thank you, and thank you to all the people who are supporting us. I feel really good about that. All right. His first question is, why all the hate for scales and numbers? Over the last four years, I've incorporated scales into my daily espresso routine when doing QC, wholesale training, or working a huge line. I found the consistency and comfort of the entire staff to be much improved when we have a quantifiable way to measure the espresso. I'm not one to dismiss the importance of distribution, distribution, flow, color, etc. But when it comes to being able to quickly and easily measure the quality of the shot, I find numbers to be way easier to use. I've also seen a huge uptick in the quality of espresso at wholesale accounts when we train with scales and ratios instead of the color flow visual indicators. To me, the hate on scales seems similar to people who like to dismiss global warming. JK, but really, <laughs> he didn't say JK. Okay, he said, "How's that for <laughs> yeah?" Okay. How's that for what? Hyperbolic anal analogy, analogy, <laughs> hyperbolic analogy. Jeez Louise, but really, I find that giving new baristas suggestions of ratios, time, and weights for a specific coffee greatly reduces the length of time it takes for them to be able to dial in a coffee. With these tools in place, we are able to more easily focus on taste and make adjustments on tamping, distribution, cleaning, or even coffee selection when things aren't tasting good. So, back to the beginning. As we vibrate through this thing. Why all the hate on scales? Well, I think hate, as we get the vibration on this thing, I understand that we are very passionate about that idea. I think it's less hate on the idea of all of them and more hate on the lack of ability to know and understand it's like it's a crutch and it's a good crutch but when overused it's bad news <laughs> i mean that's how i feel about it <laughs> i'm also watching the road here chris <laughs> oh my gosh jared has add he cannot answer your questions in good conscience it just won't happen we actually don't hate scales and we both use scales but um the reason that we talk so with like such passion about about them is 
because they need to be used in addition to these other cues in order to make the best coffee. Like when we do training, totally use scales. When we're dialing in, totally using scales. I think the problem comes from not using the scale, but relying only on the scale. You know what I mean? You're back. He's back in action. So it's like if all you know is 19.8 grams in and you know 36 grams out at whatever seconds, that's cool. That's pointing you in the right direction. And for sure, all of those things are important, you know, because no one is going to argue that you're like having a consistent dose or a consistent yield and extraction time isn't important. It is. But when that's all you know, you're missing part of the equation. You know, like we talked about when we were rapping with Pete, like you can have 19.8 grams in and 36 grams out and have like a million different things happen within that window. You know, you could have severe channeling or some distribution problems or you could have like a really crazy like time window or something like that and unless you understand why all your shots are tasting different even though they look like they're at the same volume you could get stuck in maybe not having the most delicious espresso ever but i think you're obviously right to incorporate those things into training and education we're just kind of taking a holistic view yeah yeah for me it's more how do you trust that these people who are new to coffee understand what they're tasting and so chris was mentioning all that and it makes sense because i think in my mind if you're training these people we already know that you know what to look for and taste so you can kind of guide them right and your wholesale customers guests however you however you speak of them they're going to make better coffee because they're falling into a window that you know is going to taste good and that's going to improve things based on all that versus them just like going for it and being like, I'm putting coffee in here and it's coming out and it tastes weird. But I'm like, I think about how do you, how do you develop their palate? Cause I know for a fact that takes a long time. And unless these people are naturals, like it's not easy to, to discern the difference between like an over extracted shot in terms of time versus an over extracted shot in terms of not enough coffee. Like those two things to me, taste similar but it when you get good you can call them out individually and there's also weird things that sometimes happen where you have like too much coffee uh, there's just like there's mixes and matches of like over extraction under extraction flavors where you can speak about those things in terms of numbers but you can't taste them specifically until you're just like educated until you go through those motions so that's i think we're more speaking of it from that that point of view right i mean it's like just takes a lot of time and so I think we don't want people to just assume that they're getting a great product just because they're hitting numbers is all. And it, it's more based on that holistic viewpoint. That was where my head was going. That's great. That, that feels great. Is there another part to the question? Yeah, there was another part to the question. I really do, Mike, though, when you see this and read this. Do I need to go here? Yeah, we're going to take I-5 South oh, to shit. Pasadena, girlfriend. Coming in hot. Little old lady from Pasadena. Uh, my friend Sarah would love to say something about scales. So while I'm going to get this thing together, holla. So way back in the day when Jared used to post blogs, blog posts. Yeah. He, I remember, uh, right. Oh no, we almost died. Um, I remember reading the post about scales and like relying on scales and I was all about it in the way that Chris and Jared talk about it. And here's why. I may be a little biased because I was taught how to be a barista by one person in this car, but practically in a, in, a, in a cafe setting, 
when you're you know in in the thick of it is what I like to call it. in the th- in the in the shit in the muck in the mire. Um, I've watched baristas way out and depend. Oh. Uh, wow, we're really we're turbo now. We're turbo now. This is turbo. Uh, I've watched baristas like way out their shots and like whatever, and you know they're weighing their portafilters, they're weighing their shots, and then I taste a shot and I'm like, was it worth it? Was it worth it to wait out because it doesn't taste? I don't think it tastes like exceptionally better when someone uses a scale. It, do, I mean, it makes it look like you know what you're doing. But to be honest, I'd rather a barista be able to look at a shot of espresso and smell it and be like, that's going to taste good or it's going to taste not so good or it's going to, you know, be interesting or not so interesting. And, like, I just think being able to feel how much coffee is in your basket is super important. Being able to, yeah, being able to see how your coffee's blonding as it comes out of the espresso machine is, like, super important. And then being able to recognize channeling and all that stuff is, to me, is way more dependent or way more important than being dependent on a scale 100% of the time. I've never, you know, not to say that scales are not important, they are. But I think in the thick of it, in the shit, in the muck, in the mire, if you need to use a scale, that's going to slow you down and it's going to make you look, it's going to make you feel flustered. It makes me feel flustered. It's going to make you look so dumb. It's just, I don't know. I've never seen someone like, do that and been like oh that was totally worth it i like i would rather watch you like pull the espresso and just be like totally badass it and it tastes delicious back to you jerry <laughs> make it taste delicious you asshole <laughs> all righty then oh, wait, let's, uh, uh, magic mountain wait. it's right there well, you guys seen magic mountain we should give a shout out to mike say who he is and what his company mike marquart of blueprint coffee gangster since the beginning wore the glove in competition did very well made tasty tasty beans he's a badass he's, a badass. he's, he's literally certified actually there's a couple things that says mike marquardt level badass level badass. three <laughs> and then on the bottom it says full on and it's a picture of him like <laughs> um <clears throat> mike marquardt has a second question whether you can see us or not is going to be up for grabs we're probably good for like three more minutes three more minutes okay he's been tasting Amazing lighter roasted espressos from many roasters, pulling them in the 6 to 8 TDS range. Very weak compared to our shots 10 years ago. Have we experienced the same thing? If so, do you ever feel like maybe we got a bit off track with coffee and we're compensating for really dark roasted coffee by pulling shots super short? These are, I think we've talked about this a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I had an amazing shot of an unknown coffee at an Italian bar a few weeks back, and it looked like it was maybe 14 grams in, 35 grams out in 15 seconds. Maybe the Italians have been ahead of us for a while. I don't know. just seems weird that both... What I'm tasting and some trends have been follow- I've been following are sort of leading back to where this all started. Hope to see you guys soon. Keep up the good work and keep the stuff and the things and teach people to be awesome. And there's like a long, really nice thing that I won't go into because we're low, low, on, low on time. Low, low, low. low, low My low. blood sugar is low, low, low. Low, low, low. Oh, I can't wait to see the movie. <laughs> it worked. It worked. Uh, <coughs> that was a Target Lady by Kristen Wiig, done by Chris Baca and Jared Truby. I can't wait to start my shift. Sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, we have experienced very similar things. The quick answer, beca- answer because of light is, in my opinion, uh, we have better quality coffee. Yes, when we roast it dark, then shorter shots and the whole, you know, like the solubility situation, you're getting sweeter and balanced more. What? I'm just getting excited. I feel like it's going to get dark, Chris. We got time. You made me feel like we have three minutes total and I want you to get talking time. Three minutes is a long time. Not on the stage. It's not, Chris. <laughs> and we're going to a barista film. 
about competition. <sighs> well, Mike, I'll tell you what. I'll break it down for you and the crew. Uh, we have experienced that. The lighter roasted coffees, I think, at a weaker TDS compared to what we used to brew at are the only way for them to taste in balance because there's so much inherent acidity and, and interesting flavor that if you pull it short, it's going to be way, way, way too concentrated and under-extracted because I think it takes a little more uh, heat and water to get it, all those tasty flavors out. I think that our overall green quality has improved tremendously as far as sourcing goes. I haven't been to Italy. I'm stoked you got a shot, but I can tell you that all the Italians that come in and get coffee from me, even when I pull it big, say it's way too sweet and weird because they all put sugar in it and they drink it and then they complain about it immediately afterwards because it's not Italian style. So you and you've had something different than I've experienced and that's cool. <laughs> I don't I just I don't yeah, I don't know if we're going back to that place. I think that we're actually progressing to a better place. Uh, on to you, Chris. Yeah, maybe we are progressing to a better place. Uh, I have been to Italy, Jared. In oh. Milan. Oh, my gosh. Oh, season guy. Um, Italy, this guy can't. We were at, um, and I think the you know the volume that you're talking about, the 36 out it was or something, at like five seconds. Um, <laughs> I feel like the volume is less important than the style that we're, that we're doing. So I went a while ago. And it was for SIC, the big machine show in Milan. And we were making coffee at the Electra booth. And I was at Ritual at the time. And we had brought some, like, really light roasted coffee because that's kind of what was happening. It was a single-origin espresso, just, like, really juicy, especially for back in the day. And the guys who ran the booth were, like, after a half hour, they're like, yeah, you can't serve this anymore. You need to take this out. This coffee is horrible. The Italians don't like it. Um and yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that, but I think that, well, what I'm saying is I think in my mind, it's less about overall volume and more about style. It's just a different style of coffee. But I, I think that they've been pulling coffee to have some kind of like balance and to take sugar pretty well for like a really long time. And maybe we are just catching up or coming back around. I don't even know. I'm, I'm just rambling now. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm letting you down right now. I'm letting you down. I think our espresso is really different than what I experienced in Italy anyway. But we're just idiots. I mean, we're dumb Americans, you know? We're like, we're going to do it different. We're going to pull a small. Roasted. I'm just, you guys should just kill me now because I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm too excited about starting the film. <laughs> this is even like, this doesn't Rock even, <laughs> barista film. Rock. Rock. Beignoth. Mike Marquard, you're the bomb. If anybody was thinking about ordering some blueprint coffee, you definitely should. It's good for your health. If you feel like ordering some Cat and Cloud coffee. If you feel like ordering some Cat and Cloud, you should because uh, you'll pay for our gas to get to this little movie here. We got some big steps still. We got some brand new wool hats, five panel. They're pretty fresh. Thing to show. I got one more thing to show them before we go, Chris. Hold on, let me grab it. What do you got? Jared's got something special for you. Dang. Now, you can get that, but it's priceless. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening to the car cast. Maybe video cast if this all works. And we will talk to you guys soon, and we'll let you know how the movie was. But you should go check it out. Buy it on iTunes. Buy some Cat and Cloud coffee. Buy a hat. And um, go tear it up, man. That's what...
that's all I got to say. I've got nothing to say. Sarah, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Love your radio voice. Hey, I'm going to tune out now, okay? So while you're out there, just play it cool, okay? All right, bye-bye then.